Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. This episode is part of our series focused on defining the five key performance indicators of manager value. My co-host for this series is Derek Van Mel, founder of the Center for Management Terms and Practices. Today, our guest is Dave Boyer, former CEO of Playcon, a plastics firm here in Madison, Wisconsin. Dave and his wife also owned and operated MCD Incorporated, a printing finishing business in Wisconsin, until they sold it in 2015. Dave serves on several ESOP boards and has also chaired the Meritor Hospital Board, the Madison Area Quality Innovation Network, and served on the Unity Point Health Board as Finance Committee Chairman. Welcome, Dave. Derek and I appreciate you making time to be with us today. I look forward to our conversation. Derek, we've already covered four of the five metrics. What key performance indicator of manager value is our fifth and final? Dave is going to talk about the KPI of quality in several different settings. And as you'll hear, he's got a lot of experience, both in manufacturing and in healthcare. We can ask him a lot of really sharp questions and uh, see if he can put numbers to what he's talking about. That sounds good to me. Well, let's jump right in. Dave, what can you tell us about key performance indicators related to quality that can help quantify the value of managers? Well, I'd start out by pointing out that quality is related to and a key driver of all five of the KPIs uh, of manager value that you're covering in these podcasts. Quality influences sales growth uh, significantly as customers are the ultimate judge of your quality. It affects customer satisfaction in both directions. It can improve it or drive it down. Quality affects productivity because the output of poor quality requires rework and it affects retention of employees as we know that people want deep down to be associated with a high quality output. Second, I want to point out the quality KPIs can take many forms. For a manufacturer, a KPI might be the reject rate of a production line. For a healthcare provider, it might be the percentage of patients with an A1C level below seven, which is a measure of how that healthcare system is taking care of its patients in a proactive way. For an online retailer, it might be the percentage of customers who are repeat customers. Each of those KPIs are giving an overall picture of how the system is working. A valuable manager understands which are the key KPIs for measuring the overall quality of a system, then gets their team to focus on the underlying design of the system that's producing those results. And then they work together on redesign to help the system produce higher levels of quality, which in turn drive improved results in these other areas of the business that I mentioned. Well, Dave, in those different settings, I'm sure you've seen, I know you've seen, you know, good managers doing good work. Is there a story uh, person that really stands out maybe and who has made a big difference in quality that, that was clearly of measurable benefit to the business? The story that comes to my mind in our manufacturing business, which was uh, MCDA, was our leader of quality who pulled together a team to look at the area of rework of our products. They are a custom manufacturer, which means every order comes in with customer specifications and artwork, and every order is different. Not only that, our production results are a part of a bigger schedule that includes our customers and their customers. So if there's rework, if something goes wrong, it's a major issue. Our quality leader had us begin to put together a process where while it's after the fact, he looked at rework. And whenever we had any job that posted any cost to rework, it automatically came up on a daily chart. We then had 
a group of supervisors look at that job that had rework and dig into it to find the root cause of what caused that rework. And they recommended changes to the system or to the job or to the process to eliminate that possibility in the future. And early on, we drove rework down something like 60%, which had a huge impact on customer service, on, on quality, on sales. But we kept doing it. And you're making your system get better and better. Even if you continue to do it and you say only get one or 2%, that adds up. You've got a differentiator for your company. You've got a team that's working effectively and they're really proud of what they've done to help improve the company. I had a, another uh, story from healthcare, which was when I was on the board, the system focused on those, chose to focus on those actions that could lower A1C levels I mentioned earlier, which is an early indication of diabetes. It's the amount of um, glucose attached to blood cells. And it turns out that A1C is driven a lot more by personal habits than it is by the results of your doctor visits. But the doctors were not talking to the patients about personal habits that they could uh, change. So the medical director got a team together to brainstorm what could be done. And what they did was fascinating. As you know, electronic medical records are quite extensive these days. They set it up so that if a patient came into the office and they had just had an A1C measurement, and if it was over a certain level, a window automatically pops up for that physician. And the window gives that physician some questions that could be asked, some ideas of what this person might be able to do, depending on their answers, and some resources. And A1C levels began to fall pretty significantly among that population of, of folks, simply because we made it easier and provided references and resources for the physician. This has a dramatic effect financially because healthcare costs, a large portion are used by a small percentage of the population. And those are people that have ongoing issues like diabetes. So if you can improve by even a few percentage point in that population, it gets multiplied in terms of cost savings because they're in one of the big user groups. So over several years, we saw our costs go down pretty significantly on the after effects of someone who contracts or has diabetes. Really appreciate your example of using technology to drive down behavior change and to make that stick. Those are huge numbers. And uh, my wife is a nurse and, and you know uses all those systems. And you know, she often says, if I could only see a picture of somebody's kitchen, you know, how much I could help them in their daily habits, which is absolutely about, you know, diabetes management and the costs are huge. Um, let me take you back to the MCD example. What lines on the P&L are affected by, you know, improving that ratio? I mean, a 60% reduction is fantastic. How does that show up on the profit and loss statement? Well, the first place it shows up is in a line item called rework, which is a manufacturing cost because you have had, because the product was wrong, you have had to put labor and maybe even replace materials uh, in a job. Materials often could be up to 30 or 40% of a job cost. So that's a line item by itself. Normally in our business, that ran somewhere in the neighborhood of a percent and a half to two and a half percent of sales initially. 
as I said, we drop that significantly. But it also shows up on your sales line because if you can show your reject rate to your customers, uh, which we did, we would be able to publish to them our quality results. They're going to have more confidence in you. They might be willing to pay you more for the product because they want it to be right. They don't want their schedule to be negatively affected. So it's going to show up on the top line is the second most uh, important place. When, if you were to add both of those up, in our experience, in the early reductions of rework and the changing of the process to eliminate it, uh, we added 5 to 10% to net profits during that early period. So it's very significant. After you get the process improved dramatically, you're still going to add incrementally, but at a, at a slower rate. But it, it can be quite uh, significant overall. I think organizations really do underestimate the cost of rework on anything that they do. So paying attention to that is, is key. Besides the financial benefit of you know, focusing on quality, uh, there's a leadership opportunity too, isn't there? And you know, how people feel about quality. And how, so how do, you, how do you reflect on that? Is there a story from your experiences that, that shows sort of the human side of working on the quality KPI? I think the human side of working on the quality KPI is that it can help drive your culture to a very favorable place along with several other things away from blaming people, people being on the watch for being blamed from mistakes that get overlooked and go out to the customer to creating a culture where there's open communication, there's teamwork, there is this concept of say what you do and do what you say. And I think it is a piece of a possible culture where people are more creative, they get along better together, they have pride in the work they do to improve processes for the customer. And it, it can be one of those key components that makes it a great place to work. You know, Dave, you've been in the position to, you know, hire and, and, and lead people responsible for manage. Like at MCD, you had a quality manager. What kinds of general business acumen or skills, aptitudes are you looking for um, in the people who are directly responsible for the quality of their product, either in the manufacturing setting or in healthcare? The first thing that I would look for is the skill to understand a concept. And the concept is that by and large quality is designed into the system. It's usually not a people related thing. It's how the system was designed, maybe in error, the system runs and the system is not just a mechanical system, it's notes people take, it's how you use your computers, it's various parts of the system. I want someone to learn how to look at the process and now I'll get to the skills. How would you look at the process? The first thing is, you should be able to map out a process. You ought to be able to draw a flowchart. You ought to be able to know what steps happen in what order that give you the end result that it does. The second is I would want them to be able to appropriately be able to measure and read data about various aspects of that process. Data is how we know what the system produced before, make a change, data, is what tells us whether or not that caused an improvement or whether it's random variation or not. So the collection and measurement of data. 
Then another item is teamwork. It's so important in the field of quality. Let's say that you've had a process that is producing rejects. You put a team together. They measure the result of the process. They determine that it's not just random variation. There is an issue. So they now have some data. They've mapped it out. The next step is a team of people gets together and brainstorms the first place to look and the best ideas for them to try. Those ideas that come from multiple people is what brings the creativity to trying new things to make that process operate better. So I would say it's measure and read data, being able to map, map out a process and being able to use a team to cause improvement to that process. One more thing, you remember when you're making an improvement to a process and it causes improved results, it's going to operate that way essentially forever. You've just made a process that's going to go on months or years making good product. So reflect, if you would, on your role as the leader, your chief executive or board member, you know, you sort of removed from the production line, you know, or the hospital floor. You know, how, how do you help build a, a culture of quality that doesn't just deal with it in the abstract? It's very easy to say, oh, we provide a high quality product or service. We work hard at it. What are the pragmatics for people who are, you know, have that chief executive function? Well, in a manufacturing environment, and I did this um, as the leader of two manufacturing companies, working with my team, I assessed that some of our quality issues could not be remedied by what I'll call incremental changes. For example, the rework that I talked about earlier is an incremental change, one process step at a time. Sometimes to get quality, you do have to redesign the entire company, essentially. And one of the tools that's very common for having done that is ISO 9001 registration. It's a registration to a formal system that connects the customer's specs and requirements to essentially every key step in your process. And you say what you do and you prove that you've done what you say. The thing about the CEO in a if, if that's what is necessary, it's the CEO's job to say, this is important. We're going to work on it. We're going to do it together. It's a major investment. Uh, we're going to congratulate ourselves when, when you're done. Because if that doesn't come from the CEO, the whole process of change, because it can be so major, will likely break down. So that's an important role for a CEO to know that sometimes incremental doesn't do it. It has to be a major change. In a hospital setting, I ended up being on the Meritor Unity Point Board for quite a number of years. And I was the first chair of the newly formed quality committee back when things were really beginning to ramp up in terms of total quality. And I read up on what other quality committees in healthcare were doing around the nation. And I, so I got some good education. And here was my job as a board member and as the chair of the quality committee. I picked with the staff four KPIs of healthcare quality in our hospital. I just picked four. Then I stood before the board and I taught them what those four were. Then we created one-page charts for each of the four to show the history and in the improvement. And then in every board meeting, I, as the chair, was on the agenda 
And every board meeting, I asked someone to explain what they saw on the chart and to explain what that particular KPI was. You have to understand how powerful that is because now everybody knows that the board is looking at quality. And even though we're only looking at four, it drives the energy for the top 30 KPIs in quality. So both of those are stories are in quality that if you're a, a high level leader, you have a responsibility to give the sense of importance that's appropriate uh, for quality. I think that's genius getting the board involved and also uh, not just focusing internally. So doing some benchmarking to find out you know, what metrics uh, you should be looking at. There's been some debate over the years about how many metrics an organization can have and how many metrics are too many. What thoughts do you have on this topic? Well, to me, I find it best to have, let's just say, cascading KPIs, meaning maybe at the board level, we only have four, but that doesn't mean that we weren't emphasizing others. So in a hospital setting, then you might have another area of the business that is, let's say, pediatricians. They may have some below those four directly related to uh, pediatricians and another group might have an, another group. So everybody, every group of people who works as a team probably should have the KPIs that relate most to their team. So an organization may have a hundred, but each group of people as a team, I think it would be great if they could get it down to that four to six level the four to six being indicative of how the overall process is working so that if you find an issue, you can dig a little bit deeper into other measures that back up that KPI. I have one additional follow-up question on your comment that incremental change sometimes isn't enough. I'm a big proponent of incremental change and we teach it a lot in our executive programs. I also agree that sometimes you need to do more. Can you go a little deeper into explaining how a leader knows when incremental change isn't what's needed? Yeah, I, that came up a lot in the quality circles over the last couple decades, uh, incremental uh, versus major change. I think that the early quality tools from total quality tended towards incremental. They were measuring the statistical measurement of the output of a process or a component of a process the brainstorming improvements and then measuring the result of that process tends to be incremental. So the way to get to the major change that's needed is probably to step back and take a sense of culture, take a sense of, do you have needed incremental improvements everywhere? Are they overwhelming you? Are things, uh, just broken up too much. This is what a leader should look at. A leader should go at times at 5,000 feet and just look. And when you have, I'm sure there's a list somewhere of key indicators that incremental is not going to do it. And then mm -hmm. just try another method. What advice do you have for leaders and organizations looking to implement or strengthen their KPIs around quality? Well, the first thing I want to mention that we've talked about already is having an assessment of where you are today in your systems that measure quality, that produce quality, you need to have a sense of where you are. And you can do that either by comparing your KPIs with other similar 
uh, companies or industries. That data is often available, definitely is in healthcare, and it was in our manufacturing environment. Because you're going to want to make the decision about whether or not it is a major issue or not. Is it something that continuous improvement can, can improve on the behalf of your customers? Or is it something that's going to take a major investment like becoming uh, certified in ISO 9001? So let's assume that you have done some assessments and you've determined this is a big issue. You could have a lot of gain and your customers could have a gain. I would say it's very important to pick your method of what you're going to do and to pick a team that is going to work on that method. So the method could be that you train people in total quality a la Deming and in and then begin to implement those techniques. The method could be ISO 9001, and you're probably going to want to read up on which one those are and maybe make a few phone calls. There are probably consultants that could help you. So you pick a method, and then you pick the team, you train them on that method, and you create a project plan and move forward. I think that's sound advice. Thank you. Dave, before we close out our episode, is there anything else you'd like to add or impart to our listeners? When it comes to the issue we talked about before about quality as design into the process, there was a professor of statistics here at UW, Dr. George Box, the late Dr. George Box, who had a quote that his, I have used innumerable times, and it is every process is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. And I find that to be something that initially it might be hard to get your mind wrapped around. And if it is, then it's working because I think that's exactly what he was after. And if you think about that quote, and if you've got it at the ready and you see an issue, you, your mind immediately turns on a switch that says, aha, what is it about that process that's getting the results it gets? That it was perfectly designed to get those, that result. And I've always found that quote to be helpful when we're talking about quality, uh, to disarm us a little bit from our normal mode of thinking that somebody did it or that somebody made a mistake. So it's a very useful uh, state of mind and a, and a quote that drives you there. Dave, that was just great. Uh, really, thank you. Well, it's, it's my pleasure to help you help others, and, and I, which I always like to do. If somebody's doing good stuff and helping others and I can help them, that's, uh, that's always a good thing. That's its own form of leverage. I couldn't agree more. Thank you both for a great conversation. This wraps up our series on the five KPIs of manager value. If you're interested in learning more about these KPIs and expanding your ability to lead your organization, Lubar Executive Programs and the Center for Management Terms and Practices are collaborating on a certificate program for general managers. Visit theindex.net slash training or the Lubar Executive Education website for more information. Good luck as you move forward on your leadership journey and check back regularly for additional episodes.